Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 136 and um, this is part one of a two-parter in which I'm going to explore um, many different aspects of what it means to be a spiritual seeker. So thank you all for tuning in once again today. I hope you're managing to navigate life with some grace and serenity during these very, very testing and um, challenging transformative times. Yeah. So in this part one, um, what I'm going to look at is just some of the main things um, that commonly define a spiritual seeker, or to put it another way, um, what does it mean to be a spiritual seeker? <clears throat> and then I'm going to um, look at some of the main characteristics um, of what it means to be <coughs> a spiritual seeker, excuse me, or just a seeker. Because when one thinks of this idea of being a spiritual seeker, um, it can bring to mind an, an endless list, really, in terms of definitions or concepts or theories, if you prefer, prefer, because as we know, the word spiritual or to be spiritual is often taken completely out of context, which means it can mean so many different things to different people. And it can be hard to to obtain um, a definitive meaning, if you will. But I think generally, I might be wrong, I think generally we can agree that um, at its core or essence, the idea of being a spiritual seeker or to be a seeker, perhaps, um, it starts with the strong desire for a deeper meaning to life and existence in general. And um, some people have said, and I tend to agree with this and others don't necessarily, necessarily agree, that this impulse is actually a natural very archetypal human um, trait um, that we're all born with. I know obviously in the last three years since the dreaded uh, Covid uh, became a thing, um, we may well have seen that many people do choose to remain asleep uh, in what can only be described as a form of spiritual hibernation. Not that there is anything wrong with that at all. There's no judging or labelling going on here. There are many different paths um, up the hill. But I just think that um, obviously we live in a society and a world where that, although it is an impulse for us to seek a deeper meaning, many people are discouraged uh, through or by the way in which the system works uh, to, to deliberately keep us from giving true expression to who and what what we are of course and i think furthermore when we're talking about words like spiritual or spiritualism or seeking enlightenment so to speak um i think it can sort of they can bring to mind arbitrary labels and kind of um sort of dualism in a term in terms of spiritualism versus non-spiritual and being awake versus being asleep. And I know um, they aren't particularly helpful in a sense because they are kind of pejorative phrases, but we need to have a sort of form of classification which can be helpful when talking about such deep matters as 
spiritual awakening or enlightenment so it's kind of like the best the best that we have really right so let's get let's get stuck in um now and uh begin to sort of flesh out this idea of some of the kind of core principles of what it means um to be a spiritual seeker or how we can define the phrase spiritual seeker so from my perspective having been on the path since around about 2005 2006 i would say it's about really this sort of desire to explore hidden realms and dimensions beyond the material and physical plane it includes an intense desire to understand why there is so much pain and suffering on the planet and in the hearts and minds of men and women that's been a biggie for me and sort of like this um, desire often leads us towards investigations into things like philosophy, psychology, um, anthropology, real history, not the fake one taught in religious institutions. And of course, things like conspiracy research and looking into things like the true nature of evil. I mean, that was my main entry point. Of course, um, you could add many, many other different things to that list like a desire for natural health uh, alternative uh, healing or health modalities and there are many other things you could add to that list of course depending on one's uh, personal experience of course i also feel it's about um, the importance of understanding our shadow uh, aspect in a Jungian sense which i've spoken about at length in the past on discerning consciousness because we really can't travel anywhere um, on our journey on the path if we don't understand that aspect of ourselves also I think from my perspective um, since I began or began having a concept of being a spiritual seeker um, is that I've had a strong desire to withdraw uh, from the world in order to have quiet moments for self-reflection and I've also had um, a strong desire to live in harmony with truth and the principles of nature and natural law well i know perhaps like a lot of you guys i haven't always well, i haven't always managed to achieve that but certainly um that has been a key component component so to speak of of my quest and something else that is um said to be and i tend to agree with is tend tends to define what it means to be a spiritual seeker and there's this idea of having um really implicit personal responsibility or integrity which i was talking about in the last episode uh of course when i was talking about the mayan calendar and the late ian zell lungold's teachings so in in terms of personal responsibility um it's just taking very simply taking responsibility for all aspects of our life realizing that we are at the cause of life not the effect. I like this phrase, we are at the cause of life, not the effect. I know it's become a little bit of a buzzword in the sort of self-help um, world or niche, or perhaps I should say niche. <laughs> um, but I do like that because it kind of speaks to the power, the natural power that we have as human beings, because as we know, we're not helpless victims of random life events or um circumstances and part of this idea of taking personal responsibility for everything that happens to us is always seeking a deeper meaning and purpose um when things such as um, ill health when we fall into ill health or perhaps we have 
relationship issues or relationship breakups or any personal problems of any nature. It means about realising that there is always a higher reason or a higher purpose. Although, of course, when we are feeling the emotional pain, it can be very, very difficult to admit to oneself that there's a deeper meaning to this and I'm going to grow and I'm going to become, you know, a better human being for it. It's, it's quite difficult at the time to, to, um, to, truly, uh, to truly embrace that. Now back to one of these sort of, um, I should think, core principles of what it means to be a spiritual seeker. And I do like this one. Um, and this is the sort of notion of questioning absolutely everything. But I should just add, kind of perhaps a better way of putting it is, is adopting a healthy scepticism. Because what we really need is also alongside uh, scepticism or having a sceptical skeptical attitude, sorry I should say, is making sure that we are humble and we are open because I think otherwise this can lead to a sort of sense of bitterness and cynicism at the world and perhaps ourselves. I've struggled a lot with this in the past as I've spoken about when I made a stone of my heart believing that there was no hope for the future of humanity when I got stuck down a lot of con conspiracy type rabbit holes not that there um, not that there's anything wrong with conspiracy research of course as we know there are a lot of conspiracies that are actually proven and are very real. But as with anything in life, um, you need to make sure you're grounded at all times. And just to add to this, as I'm sure people who knew me, knew me at the time would confirm, I wasn't a very nice person to be around, to be perfectly honest. Uh, it's an extremely destructive mindset to fall into, leading to a form, or it can lead to a form of nihilistic despair so it's always worth remembering when we do question uh, to question when we do question everything to always um, adopt a healthy dose of humility and openness at the same time. Because of course, um, this leads on to the idea of why it's um, genuine self-examination is um, really vitally important when we're on the path um, when we're um, trying to just trying to get to a more objective sense of self. I'll put it like that. <laughs> Try not to use too too much hyperbole. Um, because at all, at all times, we do need to remain aware, of course, of what our motivations are. What is motivation motivating us? What are our blind spots? Do we have any blind spots? Uh, any hidden agendas and motives that we don't understand? And these, just going to share three questions, really, that I found sort of helpful to check check in periodically with myself. And number one, um, am I focusing my research or search in terms of only what is good for me, or what uh, only feels good for me? And is is that at the expense of truth? And I should say, truth about our own individual lives, because I think at the core, at the heart, we do know. Uh, our own inner truth we do know the areas perhaps all the fears that we're running away from or perhaps the difficult decisions that we need to take question two which again could be really helpful um is am i adopting a smorgasbord approach to spirituality to put it in another way in other words do the different pieces of all my research and seeking do they really fit together to make a coherent whole or, or are they really contradictory? 
I think that's another one. I think we do just, uh, I naturally do that. I don't know if that's the fact that I'm a Gemini, but I do pick from here and hither and kind of piece it all together. And I do have to be careful sometimes that I'm not making that into a sort of contradictory picture. Um, so that's something else that um, we do need to remain aware of. And lastly, uh, the third helpful question is, uh, are you simply searching for experiences which don't really involve any commitment or real spiritual discipline? I think one could probably also call that spiritual tourism, maybe, or spiritual adventurism, I think is a better way of describing that. Um, that could be sort of like um, partaking in things that come under the spiritual activities, sort of like maybe african drumming which i've done a lot in the past or anything meditation gong baths um fire walking anything um the thing is to obviously enjoy those experiences but sort of checking why am i doing this what do i hope to achieve from doing this because obviously doing these um these amazing things doesn't mean that we are spiritual they are just experiences at the end of the day very very good experiences i'm actually going to a gong bath locally tonight which i haven't done for a while which i'm going to really enjoy hopefully um not fall asleep like i normally do but it's to realize why am i why are we actually doing these um activities uh, isn't enough um to just um just to enjoy them we need to think well what's the what's the broader purpose and how does it actually how do these activities um relate to my my journey my my seeking if you if you will um so kind of like the points i've just been making they do uh they do point to a very simple fact i think that you'll probably all agree with and this is this idea of being a spiritual seeker or an adventurer if you prefer or perhaps seeking enlightenment it's very 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 challenging i think we should all be congratulated for at least trying <laughs> because it really isn't it isn't um it isn't easy at all but then you know as we know in life that truism anything worth doing is never easy is it because that's where um that's where growth is and that's where growth will always be and that's why I think it's important if we can, it's not always possible, to find people along the way on our journey who will provide us with sincere feedback. Because uh, I think it's easy to fall into the trap of pride and arrogance and even laziness on the path. I mean, that can obviously, any, we're all human beings are susceptible to that. But I think uh, especially those of us walking the path, we can really, really quite easily fool ourselves. And it can it doesn't have to be like a guru it can just be a friend or someone that um helps us or perhaps mentors us i mean it is quite sad in in modern western society at least that there we don't really anymore have the concept of elders or the wise elders i'm not saying they don't exist i'm sure they do but as a culture we don't tend to celebrate that anymore so it can be difficult to find people who are going to give us um objective um advice because i think also something else easy trap to fall into is we become so obsessed with our individual life and our and our quest that life really becomes i think we lose sight and life just becomes a, um about satisfying the ego because it's me it's my path and it's it's my quest and it's like sometimes we can take it all a little bit too seriously i know i'm 
quite often fall into that trap and that's why humility humility is always key it's very important to adopt a humble attitude um, because we need humility in order to challenge many of our deeply held sacred beliefs sacred cows if you want to put it like that and all our cherished notions which along the path we do have to normally give up uh, it's like a shedding process <laughs> many in that that can be that can be um, very very difficult humility is also helpful in terms of facilitating a truer understanding of all our experiences in life and it also helps us to generate uh, all the possible um, theories in order to make sense of what we've experienced so in other words we might have a traumatic event and if we don't have humility then we are kind of got to have the formulations or concepts of what has actually occurred are going to be kind of slightly skewed towards appeasing the ego and that's where humility humility can help to have a kind of like a broader understanding if you like um also um in many ways um i think this idea of humility speaks to how we have to sort of it can be helpful to adopt um in order to adopt sorry, a truly grounded approach to spiritual seeking, this sort of idea of being like a Sherlock Holmes type character. Again, I think I've spoken about this before, so I do apologise if I'm repeating myself here. But it is, it's kind of sort of a scientific, in a good way, real science, hasten to add, a forensic approach. Because uh, otherwise we can really lose ourselves to ourselves. <laughs> and um, there is one school of thought. Uh, I'm going to talk about a second school of thought in part two, so check that out in part two. But this first school of thought goes something like the idea of, well, in order to challenge ourselves, we don't necessarily go off and find our spiritual kith and kin, our tribe. We don't necessarily go off and try and find uh, intentional communities, uh, as amazing as all those things are. But there's this idea that we try and engage fully within our local community wherever it might be because often quite often we do live in areas where we're not let's be honest we're not surrounded by like-minded people um, they might think that we're kind of uh, our ideas to them speak to someone who's a complete crank or a kook um, again it sounds contradictory but um, this is where within this school of thought the real learning occurs and I tend to agree with it because um, we face um, many challenges in such a scenario um, whereby people don't necessarily agree with us um, because always without fail we do learn the most from those who disagree with us. I mean just think of the last three years since the dreaded Covid reared its ugly head. In this regard we've never been tested, never been tested like this before. I know I certainly have and it hasn't been easy dealing with friends and family who are extremely critical of our individual choices in life. I'll just leave it like that. I think you know what I'm talking about. But for, for me personally, it's been a huge learning curve, moving initially <laughs> from anger and resentment to, <laughs> why is this happening? Why, can't, why are people so asleep? Why can't they see the control and manipulation to understanding their kind of point of view? and understanding why I feel so angry and resentful and then sort of moving to a, 
move into a, a more grounded position, but not not in a kind of weak sense, not being weak or not being passive, because you can you can do that. You can be understanding of others, but in a kind of very weak, passive way. Um, so that's again, that's another another trap. I think it kind of falls under within the sort of uh, men's community or the pickup community. It's called um, the nice guy syndrome, but it does apply to all aspects of life and psychology. And I think that that's that's not what I'm talking about here, because I, I, it's you can still be strong, purposeful without sort of um, picking arguments and fights and without saying to people, well, I think you're an idiot. There, There is there is kind of like still a strength that you can have in adopting a different position, but without without having to fall out with friends and family. But there is a real art to that. And, I, and I've learned a lot about myself um, whilst trying to um, kind of trying to adopt that kind of uh, approach to life, um, if, you, if you will. And we also learn a lot about listening and sharing and engaging with people who have a completely different worldview. Now, I know within the kind of truth or conspiracy kind of mainstream shall i say which i don't really fall into i know that's a heretical speech because they would say well these people are idiots they're dullards they're they're sheep why you shouldn't even be bothering with them and obviously i think if we want to uh, be sincere and learn and grow i think no it's, it is about understanding I mean, it's different if someone is abusive or they're rude to you of course you don't you don't deal with um with with people like that i mean i do understand as well that this sort of natural uh impulse to escape to find uh kith and kin um our spiritual brothers and sisters maybe those who are in our soul group if you believe in such a concept because it is very very draining i don't mean to be condescending but it is extremely draining being around other people who don't who don't question mainstream narratives and just swallow everything the TV man and TV woman says. But again, that's where the humility comes in. So, you know, there's always, there's always, there's always opportunities for learning. And it's always, I think, for the spiritual seeker, it's about trying to find that, that, that middle point, if you like, that, that sweet spot, as, as with everything in life, dare I say it. So in this episode now, I just want to move on to some sort of familiar themes or ideas, which you'll all be familiar with. I'm not going to share anything radical here, but it's well worth remembering as they are quite defining characteristics of what it means to be a spiritual seeker. So the first thing is this idea of um, depth is, um, is extremely important to seekers to find depth in terms of relationships uh, and depth in terms of our personal thoughts and, and uh, musings, because I know um, in terms of um, depth, I often find shallow or pedestrian conversations, back to my previous point, um, I often find shallow and pedestrian conversations have no appeal and feel totally soul-destroying to me. And within a British context, we have, um, there's a phrase for conversations like this. I mean, they, they normally are, when we first meet someone, it's, a conversation about the weather because we have a hell of a lot of weather here in the UK and um, I'll get to my point so yeah these are called the price of fish conversations where it's just everyday things that we talk about and yeah it can be it can be completely soul-destroying as I was just talking about when you're a seeker and you create 
and you're wanting to seek depth in everything. And furthermore, of course, the normal daily distractions simply do not satisfy or pacify the seeker who always craves greater depth and meaning. Another important characteristic, defining characteristic of a spiritual seeker is the idea of dreaming uh, intense, crazy dreams, daydreaming, drifting off for a few seconds, perhaps flashing lights. Um, I have, I've had something happen to me a few times. It's really weird. I'm in this space. I'm drifting off to sleep. I have this awareness that I'm not fully asleep, but I'm kind of going through the process. I'm sorry, I'm not sure what the, that the different stages of sleep are called. And I have, I can see a light. It's like a flashlight. And it's kind of moving very quickly over what looks like a comic book. And I've had this happen quite a few times. It's really weird. So I think many of us have had this experience of having strange, kind of strange, uh, what's the word, visual experiences, just as we're falling off to sleep. And with this idea of dreams being important, of course, many of us decide to have um, take uh, or write, so I should say, dream diaries and things like that. And we really, we don't. We really play it, put a place a lot of importance upon dreaming dreams, uh, analysing them. Of course, many of us would do that in in the Jungian sense. Um, there's a film, quite quite an old film now, I think. Not quite sure when it was uh, first out at the movie theatres. Called Waking Life. It's well worth checking out for this whole idea of the fact that we are dreaming whilst awake. It's a really it's a nice little. Um, yeah, it's a nice little film. I think I have to revisit myself and this idea of, uh, of dreaming, what it means to be uh, a spiritual uh, seeker. Thirdly, we've got this idea of, I think, um, I think it's always been true for myself, um, characteristic of being rebellious, having a rebellious nature of questioning. Uh, seekers often do question outdated rules and hierarchical structures. Uh, the strong desire to move beyond redundant cultural norms such as top-down authority and obviously checking with um, often checking with self quite a lot uh, because constantly being in opposition might point to emotional baggage that needs healing yes yeah, so the point I'm trying to make here sorry is that when we are constantly being rebellious and we're constantly opposing things it's really important that we do check in with ourselves because some of that can be coming from emotional baggage and that may be something that needs healing or needs some kind of therapeutic approach to bring to our awareness but at it at its core at its core at its sort of like flame or genesis if you will i think this idea to rebel, rebel against outdated authority is is very much uh, very much defines or is at the core of what it means to be a spiritual seeker. Next thing I'm sure many of you guys, something you can relate to, is this strong desire to spend time in nature. Because as a seeker, we do crave a lot of solitude and silence. And we tend to be very much tuned into the uh, rejuvenative qualities of nature. We really have this capacity to breathe it all in uh, not simply being not simply observing nature as if it's on a, um, a movie screen because as we know nature exists within us as much as being outside of us uh, as much as being perceived outside of us through our senses and i'm sure many of you have experienced a beautiful sense of 
inner peace, creative flow and inspiration that we can experience when being in nature. And the last point I want to make in terms of what defines or the defining characteristics of what it means to be a spiritual seeker is this idea of heightened sensitivity. Something all, which I'm sure you find easy to relate to, where we become bored with normal sensory input, so to speak. We have new interests and passions and normal the normal way of experiencing life just feels very thin very unfulfilling and very dull and um, we're not really interested in the prosaic or mundane details of day-to-day -day life and this sort of heightened sensitivity can be sort of being able to see um, the veins in the leaf just being drawn to the beauty of uh, uh, flowers or a or recently what I've noticed quite a lot is just noticing birds in the garden and things like that and just saying, wow, isn't nature and a natural world is just it's just amazing. I think as we walk our path as spiritual seekers, I think more and more that's kind of like a natural byproduct, this idea of heightened sensitivity and just seeing more and more of life, more and more greater depth. Not just in nature, also it becomes um want to get too much into this point but um, also just being able to read people more and more easily their psychology um, just upon meeting and I think that's something else that as you travel on the path as a spiritual seeker something else that just sort of seems to naturally come our way really it's like one of the one of the free kind of gifts that we get as a spiritual seeker anyway thank you for tuning in to part one um, I think I'll round things up here now so, like I was saying, this is a two-parter, and in part two, I've got something um, at the end of part two, which is a little bit of a surprise, um, something that um, is going to be, I haven't tried before on Discerning Consciousness, so I hope um, you'll, you'll um, really um, enjoy that. So thank you for tuning in to um, today's uh, episode. I've just sort of, um, just, just some of the basic fundamentals of what it means to be a spiritual seeker. So I hope that's um, triggered some ideas in, in your, in your, in your mind, in your consciousness, and some things you can relate to, and uh, and um, triggered perhaps um, you know, some things you may may well not have um, given thought to before of what it means um, to be a spiritual seeker. Because as I was saying in the introduction, it's like one of those concepts. It's it's hard to describe it's hard to define and um we can kind of like get ourselves tied in knots so it's good to be open um to many different concepts and ideas of what it means to be a spiritual seeker so thank you guys for tuning in and i look forward to speaking to you all again very soon bye bye for now